Hello everyone, and welcome to the Quorum Podcast. This is where academic medicine meets remote, austere, and resource-limited areas. Welcome back to the program. This week, I'm with Dr. Slavin Bajic. Slavin is an emergency medicine doc. He is on our teaching faculty. He teaches our ultrasound courses. Slavin, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Eric, and it's always a pleasure to cooperate uh, with Quorum. So you've been teaching for us for about a year now, haven't you? Yes, yes, around one year, I think. Now, it's... Tell us a wee bit about yourself. Who are you and what, what do you do? Uh, I'm an emergency medicine specialist, and I'm leading ER in uh, Isola General Hospital in uh, Slovenia. It is a small touristic hospital, only hospital on Slovenian coast. Uh, and now, especially during the summer, we handle a lot of patients and tourists from all the Europe. Uh, I'm also an uh, emergency ultrasound instructor for uh, Corom and for Elsem and for WinFocus. Uh, so I take a special part of my, a lot uh, of time from my job for also teaching the younger doctors, residents here with ultrasound. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. It is interesting that your hospital popped up last week. I was in, is in Norway again, and we're running a prolonged field care course. And one of the doctors said he really likes your hospital. It's set on a, on a hill. Is that right? And you can just look out over the ocean? Yes, it's on the hill. And you have beautiful view on the Adriatic Sea and, uh, on, and Slovenia and Italy. So it's really beautiful. When the patients uh, we need to admit to hospital, we tell them, oh, don't worry. I mean, you will have a view like from the best hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, last week... I was in Ljubljana. It's my first experience in your beautiful country, and I was floored. Slavin, your your country. Yep. I mean, from 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 the very beginning of, of coming in from Croatia, and just seeing the the greenery, and then of course you have the Alps north of Ljubljana, and then just walking through the old town, I was stunned. It's it's really beautiful. Yes, thank you, thank you. Slovenia is really, it's not uh, so known, maybe like some bigger countries, but it's very beautiful, small, but it has everything, like from the Alps and the Adriatic Sea and the like mix of uh, Balkan, uh, Mediterranean, Central European culture, everything for any, everything for somebody. <laughs> you went to med school there, is it? Uh, no, I actually finished uh, med school in Belgrade, in Serbia. Ah, okay. But after that, again, here, residency and uh, for emergency medicine, I finished here, yes. So you've taught for us in a, in a few places now. Uh, you've taught in Malta, you've taught in, uh, in Glasgow. So tell us about your experience. We, we met in, in Malta. You taught on an uh, austere crops little ultrasound course right there in Pretty Bay. How was your experience? Oh. Uh, I liked it a lot, really. Uh, it was my first uh, experience in Malta with Corom, and uh, I liked the concept of the two-day uh, APOS course. I mean, uh, I like because uh, it's uh, there's a lot of practical work for students. That's the most important with ultrasound, just to do it, do it, do it more, 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 because if you don't do it, you will forget. I always tell that to students. When we teach you, just do it as much as you can. That's the best. And the concept of your uh, APUS uh, basic course is really great. I liked it in Malta, and then we did it again in Glasgow. So I'm looking forward to do it again. Uh, yeah, so we have more 
courses planned in Malta. We have more classes planned in Glasgow at the Glasgow Caledonian University. And we'll see how this postgraduate certificate goes. We submitted to the the European authorities to get a postgraduate certificate in Austria and pre-hospital ultrasound. And, and Glasgow, you really enjoyed Glasgow. We, we had a few pints in some of the pubs. And you've been to Scotland before. Yes, yes, actually, after Slovenia, I think my favorite country in the Europe is Scotland. I love it. And I was thrilled when we had the opportunity to have a, a course in Glasgow. So I really enjoyed it. And course and the free time, really, I love Scotland. Well, once it becomes EU again, uh, maybe it was a chance for you to do some locum work in, in some of the hospitals there. <laughs> well, we, we will see. Yes, actually, I, I planned also to uh, license in uh, NHS and uh, then I can do some locums there sometimes because I really like it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm part of the World College of Surgeons of Edinburgh with their faculty advisory board. I'm, I'm up there again in a fortnight and any excuse to get into Scotland, I agree with you. And, and I graduated from the University of Stirling, so I, I have deep roots and I agree with you. It's a, it's a beautiful country. But then... Oh, Slovenia. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm also yeah. thrilled with Scotland. Not only with not nature, beauty, but also with their culture, history, proud, everything. Uh, indeed. Indeed. And, and the museums there are, are fascinating. Uh, the Medical Museum in Edinburgh is... is uh, yeah, I visited the, the Royal, College, Royal College of Surgeons Museum. It was really great experience. Yeah, it's, it's stunning. And, and just having the history in those walls, it's it's any excuse to go back is, is always a good one. Definitely. So you teach ultrasound for the college, yes. and you also teach ultrasound for the European Society of Emergency Medicine. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, so what, what do you see as the difference between the USAM POCUS course and the college POCUS course? Basically, the principle uh, for basic courses was similar. We had uh, like uh, one instructor per four or five students, also in USM, also in uh, Quorum, which I think is the optimal. So basic principle is the same. Only in USM we had the more massive courses with more people. But uh, as I said, basically is the similar. I like more uh, practical work. I think we had a little more practical work in Quorum. Basically the uh, principle of the basic course uh, is the uh, same. But there are some differences. We had the more massive courses in USM on the like uh, congresses of emergency medicine and uh, like some congresses we organize here in my hospital. I like it because uh, like in USM in Quorum we have like one uh, teacher for four to five students, which is optimal. More than that is uh, more than that it will be too much. In, uh, in larger groups, you can uh, disseminate information to a larger number of learners at once. But uh, mm -hmm. I think there is not enough time to then to everybody to repeat it, to do it more times, as I said. So definitely, I like to teach it. So how many, you say massive, how, how many students would you, would you have? What's the most students you've had in an ultrasound course? Yes, yes. For example, we organized last time in our hospital an uh, ultrasound course of uh, in uh, uh, emergencies, abdominal emergencies and emergencies in shock. And we had about uh, 50 people. But uh, wow. as I said, also, we had uh, 10 instructors because you need one instructor for five people. 
and uh, then you have time to to teach everybody exactly what he need. How often are you using ultrasound in your practice? Basically every day. I I work in the ER and uh, we have a very good ultrasound machines here. We basically every day because we look when trauma patients and uh, internal medicine patients and pediatrics and uh, definitely everything. So a lot of times every day. <laughs> and is there another organization you teach ultrasound for? Also for Vim Focus. Uh, I'm instructor for Vim Focus. Okay. So local activity and uh, in Slovenia and some ex-Yugoslav countries like Bosnia and Serbia and like that. You also spend time in, in Africa. So you and, and which kind of piqued my interest when I first heard about what you're doing. So you've been to uh, Africa. Tell us where have you been and what were you doing? Uh, I was... Uh... I was leading uh, ER in a role to E Hospital of European Training Mission in Mali, in Kulikuro. So basically around two months I was leading ER there in Mali. And it was one of the best experiences in uh, my life, definitely, to see. Uh, because I worked generally here in hospital. So it was my first experience like that. And definitely great. So who were you treating? And what, what organization were you with? I was working for Equarus. Uh, they are like uh, international organization that has a hospital in uh, remote areas, military bases in uh, like mm. uh, more dangerous, how to say, areas. Right. Uh, we were there, uh, for, like I said, a role to e military hospital in a European military base, and our patients were uh, European soldiers from many European countries uh, that they are serving there. How long were you there? It was two, two and a half months. Wow. So, yeah, just nonstop. Yes, um, yes, yes. So definitely. We were there all the time. Uh, and I was a, a senior ER doctor, that basically leading ER. But we had a team with junior ER doctor, traumatologist, anesthesiologist, and some other doctors that they were helping us. And, of course, uh, EMT group for the, their like pre-hospital doctors that they were going out from the base. So what are some of the cases that you would see in Mali? Well, uh, the most of them, they were like trauma cases because it's a young population, soldiers without some chronic diseases. So uh, most of time, trauma cases, wounds or general trauma. And you had ultrasound at, the, at that clinic as well? Yes, yes. We had the ultrasound in clinic and the port portable ultrasound that it could go to the um, ambulance vehicle and it was very good because we were very limited there with, there with diagnostic possibilities. We had only x-ray in clinic and uh, the nearest CT was in Bamako, uh, the capital of Mali, which, was, which mm. is one hour and a half driving. So uh, ultrasound was a great advantage to us. I also organized the course for uh, ultrasound for other colleagues that were working there that I mean, it's a great help in areas like that, um, in remote areas where access is uh, limited to other resources. Ultrasound is very good because um, machines are portable. You can transport them to remote locations, to the field. Uh, it provides real-time imaging. So in the same time, you can have um, some conclusions when you're checking the patients. This is the crucial for the on-spot diagnosis and decision-making on the field. It's non-invasive, as we know. 
it can be used for a wide range of applications and it's of course uh, cost effective when you compare it to other modalities like CT scan, MRI and everything and basically no harm for patient. Indeed, it, it's interesting to, to hear that it, it was a benefit to you in, in those resource limited environments that, in, in Mali where you are working out of a role two or, or did you say role two or role two E? Role two E. Okay. Ah, so you had some, uh, what does that mean? You have a neurosurgeon, is that right? No, no, no. We had orthopedic and trauma surgeon and ah, uh, general and abdominal surgeon. Are you planning to do that again or are you planning to go anywhere else in Africa? Yes, definitely. I mean, I got some offers. They offered me there to stay uh, as the medical director of uh, that project in Kulikura, but um, I, I was still under the contract of my hospital and uh, it, it was a hard decision to make, to stay there and or to come here. I came here and then back to the Slovenia, but I'll definitely go uh, for next locum opportunity for sure because I like it a lot. And you're running the emergency department there in Azola. Yes, yes. In our hospital, uh, we have a nice uh, emergency department, and uh, we are we have a lot now a new uh, emergency doctors residents, and we are trying to really push it to be one of the best in all country. But you have a lot of holidaymakers, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. A lot of tourists from I don't know Italy, Germany, Austria, Czech Republic. Every summer we have double work in summer, so we double our. Stop. We don't. We don't have double stuff. So that's the problem. We have double work, and we then we need to work much more than we are used to. How many doctors do you have during the summer? Uh, we have a, a, a general in our department. We have three emergency medicine specialists and uh, eight nine residents. Uh, but it's not enough. We also always need help from surgical residents, internal residents. They are helping us to control the TR because emergency medicine is a young specialization in Slovenia and started before 15 years. So we still don't have enough stuff that we can cover all shifts in ERs in Slovenia. So it's a teaching hospital as well. Yes, yes, definitely. We teach young doctors, residents, uh, interns, and uh, especially in our ER, we take a lot of care to for them to teach them a lot of things when they start their job. Uh, which university is it affiliated with? With uh, Ljubljana, Ljubljana Medical School. I mean, but we are connected with medical chamber. So when they finish there, the medical chamber, they send uh, the young doctors, residents to our hospital, like to other hospitals in Slovenia. And you're doing uh, ultrasound training there in the hospital? Yes, yes. We do ultrasound training in hospital. Uh, we start uh, with interns, with young doctors. During their stay at ER, we all, always try to teach them at least basic things of ultrasound, like uh, fast exam uh, or to check for pneumothorax or abdominal aorta. So we are always trying to teach them. And also residents, of course, we teach our residents. So on your ambulances in, in Slovenia, what, do you have nurses or do you have felters or, or paramedics? Who mans the ambulances? <laughs> we have everybody <laughs> because <laughs> uh, uh, before uh, when it started emergency medicine, more most doctors, emergency doctors, they worked in ambulances, and then uh, we tried to uh, go to Anglo-American model of emergency, like the doctor should be in ER and the paramedics they go out. 
yeah. but we still didn't do it uh, totally because, as I said, we don't have enough stuff. Uh, we don't have like real paramedics like in UK and America. They don't have all competences. Our EMTs, their ambulances, they don't have all competences like paramedics. So mm. it's some like uh, mixer mixture here. We we have some doctors and many of us. We are work in ERs, but we also do shifts in ambulances, ah. and uh, it's like that in all Slovenia. You don't have clear pre-hospital or hospital role. It's some mixture of that. But I hope one day that we will go more to Anglo-American model because I like it more. That ER doctor is in ER and paramedics are out. Well, there's some advantages of having a, a doctor pre-hospital. So here, here in Germany, right? My wife's German. I, I've retired here in Germany. And it's a, it's a mix. So you'll have paramedic, paramedic, yes. but then you'll have a doctor in, in a little car in Ireland as well. It's the same way. So you have a, a South Dock or a West Dock in, in a little tiny car that will meet uh, an ambulance. In Scotland, where, where Tom Ellis works, it's the same way. Is, is that, do, you, do you think that Slovenia would move into more of a European model of having paramedic, paramedic on the ambulance, but then have it, having some of your docs on a car for your hospital? I think that uh, the doctors will still uh, stay here in pre-hospital because... Uh, First of all, many of people are used to work in pre-hospital, and, and now if you would like, if you would put them in the ER, they will probably not come because they are used. They love their job in pre-hospital. I also love sometimes. I mean, working in ER, it, it's really tiring sometimes, and uh, I sometimes really I like more uh, pre-hospital work. That it's more than I don't know to go out, and uh, there are also some advantages of pre-hospital. Because you bring a higher level of medical knowledge to patients outside, and uh, you can more quickly you can handle uh, some really magical medical conditions. Well, one one advantage is you get to sit down in in pre-hospital, don't you? Yes, you can have a little <laughs> rest uh, in comparison with ER, because uh, also you can, as I said, it's better for patients because. You can perform some more advanced procedures on the field, like intubations, chest tube. I don't know what are the competences in paramedics in USA and UK, but uh, do, can they do intubation there? Uh, yeah. So intubation, uh, chest drains are, are, are rare. It's more of advanced paramedic. Like uh, me as a critical care paramedic, we might have that. And RSI is a critical care paramedic. So that's the advanced level. Uh, and there, there are definitely um, options. But the difference is we, we just don't have the seven years post-medical school that you guys do. So I'm not only four years of med school compared to three years for a bachelor's degree paramedic. You have four years of med school or six sometimes in, in some countries, yeah. plus another, what, five to get uh, their the board certification. So you have 10 years of experience on us. So it only makes sense that you're there in pre-hospital environment to provide better care. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, it's, I think it's uh, more uh, better for patients. That also, uh, we our dispatch guy. He uh, when we had a call, for example for ambulance, then he decides. He depends from the kind of call. Then he decides he will send only like EMTs or doctor with them. So for more emergent conditions like uh, traffic accidents, traumas, uh, coronary syndrome, and things like that. Always doctors go with them. They don't go alone. 
it's it's the same here in in, in Germany and in Ireland where I've worked. It, yeah, that makes sense that the dispatch is making that decision. Yes, yes. For us, it's also I told you good. All my colleagues, we all. I work, for example, eighty percent in ER and twenty percent in pre-hospital care and some night shift. So all my colleagues here in ER, they also they mix it with pre-hospital work, which I think is also good that you little change your uh, area, working area, and like that, and to heal, see all kinds of pre-hospital conditions, not only in ER. I think it adds to the camaraderie as well. So these filters or EMTs that are on your ambulances are seeing. You in a pre-hospital, you can they can you can talk to to the doctors and and have you know a relation of uh, an understanding of what the the paramedics can do, so the doctors understand what we can do, and then we have a relationship with you. And then when we bring someone into the A and E department, we already have that connection uh, and camaraderie. I, I just think that makes a better EMS system. Yes, definitely, and, and it's always more. Uh... More fun and more better atmosphere for pre-hospital teams, I think, than in ER. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And there are some paramedics that do that as well. So some, I've worked A&E for, for four or five years as a paramedic, and, and there are some, some places where the paramedic will be in the hospital and then a call comes and they'll get called out pre-hospital. So it goes both ways that we can be in the same situation. But I think it would be 60, 80 for us as well. Where eighty yes. percent of us would be pre-hospital, twenty percent later hospital. So kind of opposite the way you're, you're you have it at the moment. There is uh, I don't know uh, did I told mentioned you before, but in Czech Republic every year in May, it is rally rallies. It is the biggest European pre-hospital contest for pre-hospital teams. Yes, I've heard uh, of that. Yes, actually uh, every year I'm a referee there. Before oh nice. Uh, before I was uh, also competing, but now I'm, I'm a referee every year, and it's it's great people. Pre-hospital teams come from all Europe and from UK and from USA and all, also from Japan, Australia. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. it's great to meet all those colleagues and uh, it's really fun and great. You you should visit that that place once. I, I definitely do want to. And I, I remember working in the Budapest Thames and on their wall is all these rewards from that competition. Oh yes, those guys start the best. They win every year. Every year, the Budapest team wins. I don't know. Their guys are supermen, really. Uh, well, I've I've seen the training they they do. Amatius is is their training uh, training guy, and he pushes the 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 teams pretty heavily. So when there's no call, and instead of sitting around and watching telly, he'll have the mannequin out. So it does make make a bit of, big of a difference. Yeah, definitely. So your passion is ultrasound. What? What changes would you like to see in, in ultrasound in the coming years? Well, I think that ultrasound in emergency medicine is, is, is future, generally. I mean, it is the stethoscope of the future because more and more things we are doing with ultrasound. Uh, and uh, I would like that all doctors, junior doctors, have at least basic knowing of ultrasound, which makes, which makes good, uh, more better care for patients. Mm. And uh, especially emergency residents and emergency specialists to uh, to be more advanced in ultrasound. Today you can't work. You can't work emergency medicine with ultrasound, and that's the future. I think in the future we will be able to do and more and more things with ultrasound. For example, now uh, in Switzerland they also do in ER some ultrasound with contrasts, and uh, they basically wow. in 
yes, I have good friends there in Switzerland, and they, they don't call a radiologist anymore for ultrasound in ER. They do it. They call a radiologist, okay, for CT, MRI, but they do ultrasound. And I want that one day to be also here in Slovenia, and uh, I'll do my best to come to that. <laughs> nice. I, I didn't realize that uh, ultrasound contrast was done in the A&E department. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes. That's, that's the future also here. Yeah. What advice would you have to our listeners who are just starting out learning ultrasound? What can they do to improve or what suggestions do you have for them to be better providers? Uh, so, first of all, to learn. So, I always, uh, I'm always for, I always advise to everybody to go to every possible course of ultrasound for, I mean, and basic and advanced and then special kinds of ultrasound like musculoskeletal and everything. So go educate as much as you can and do it. I always tell that also, as you remember, to our students in Malta and Glasgow, just do it, do it all the time. When you have uh, some free time, also do it, also on healthy patients, because as you said before, it's better than to lie down and watch telly do something useful <laughs> so you will forget it if you if somebody teach you something and you don't do it you forgot it i know that so just repeat 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 much as much as you can and that's the best way just learn and repeat so i, I look at this with hand knowledge you can get the head knowledge while watching the videos or life in the fast lane has 108 case studies on on ultrasound fantastic to, to go through but that's head knowledge and it's not until your head knowledge gets transferred to hand knowledge and your hands can do the skills. That's, that's the difference. Definitely. I hope that in the future uh, that everybody uh, will, could afford like small ultrasound machine like Butterfly and or VSCAN or that allow them to use them also in diverse settings, remote areas, not only in ARs. Yeah, a butterfly is showing up in more and more places in, in remote areas. I, I go to Kabocho District Hospital, which is up the hill, up up Mount Kilimanjaro, and it's it's like jungle area. And they you walk in, and their their A and E department has butterflies. It's they're they're pretty much everywhere now. Yes, 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 definitely. And I think in future probably that IE artificial intelligence will play a significant role in. Probably automating those images, analysis, uh, making it more accessible, less experienced colleagues. We will see. Who knows what will be. <laughs> I, I saw one. It, it's called Econus, Econus uh, Ultrasound yes. in, in, at the Summit Conference last May. where it, And it's just a phased array. So we're looking, we're looking at basically just cardiac, which is my worst subject anyway for ultrasound. But you, you, you get a long, long axis view with this probe and you hold it there in about two seconds on your screen, it shows you what you're looking at with the, the left left atrium, left ventricle, the aorta, the, and it just labels it. So you can go anywhere in the body and the AI is part of the probe software. It will label whatever you're looking at. Oh, it sounds it, good. It's, Very good. Yeah, it's, it's 6,000 euros. So we don't have one at the college yet, but uh, so you're right, AI, I think is the future for yes. for ultrasound. I I think uh, those guys are are leaps ahead, and everyone's going to start following them. So it's AI is uh, is already changing healthcare a bit. It's easier to look through PubMed articles by asking 
chat GPT to do that than it is to actually go through and look at all the the, yes. the, the articles on, on, on that. It's, it's definitely helping me as a writer. So it's just yes. a matter of getting that in an offline environment so you can use it in austere environments. And that's the challenge for AI anyway. Yes, yes, definitely. We, we have now uh, in Izola, we are first hospital in Slovenia. Now we have like experimental AI uh, program for X-ray. Nice. Uh, yes, we, we, I connected with Azmed from France. They have uh, programs in a lot of hospitals in France, Switzerland. And we have like now experimental phase for two, three months. It's uh, like additional help. We have like mm. um, connected with our informatic system hospital. So it's very good for younger doctors that they started uh, because the program automatically uh, recognize fractures. And wow. uh, when you open to see on computer the patient X-ray, you already have like pointed with some uh, square or round with program. Where's the fracture? Hmm. And uh, nice. okay, of course you can't uh, really reable only on that. You watch by yourself, but it is great additional help. And uh, we are doing it first now in our ER in Slovenia. So I really like the program, like additional help. That's fascinating. AI, everyone's complaining of saying, oh, it's going to take our jobs. It's just going to take over everything. But if we look at this as just another data point, just somebody else to talk to, to, to bounce off ideas, it doesn't mean that they're going to take over the world. But it, it does mean that the radiologist would be able to have that analysis of AI before they even look at the film. But it doesn't mean they're not going to look at the film. They're going to just use AI to help. We do this with ECGs, don't we? So yes, we, yes, we, we do a 12 lead and they already says, well, this is SVT. Well, that's nice, but let me look at the actual, oh, okay, you're right, that's SVT. But I'm never going to just assume that uh, what the Life Pack 15 tells me is correct. And I'm hoping yes, yes. With, with AI it'll be the same for us. We, we can't rely only on that. It's good additional help, but we always rely on our clinical decision and, uh, of course future of emergency ultrasound as i said before looks very promising also with ti also with uh, without it it looks very promising it it will improve patient care enhance diagnostic capacities and uh, i think the best is still to come <laughs> I, I think the next 18 months are going to be profoundly changing uh, our healthcare approach and hopefully making more tools available to us Definitely, I agree. <laughs> so, Slavin, it's been great to chat with you. You're you're coming down to Malta. I'll, I'll see you yes. next month. And you're you're yeah. bringing another doctor, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. I uh, I I um, advertised a little bit here in uh, Slovenia to some colleagues and one doctor that uh, she's also working in family doctor, but works in emergency. She's interested and she will come. And I hope some other colleagues we will see. But uh, I. Really, really, I'm looking forward to it again. Well, I'll definitely have to buy you a pint there at the Water's Edge Hotel ah, and look out you. over the bay. And, <laughs> uh, it is, it's a pleasure to chat with you, and, and you're a, a very big benefit to the college and, and being on our faculty. I appreciate you joining the team. Thank you very much. I always, as I said, it's always my pleasure to, to uh, cooperate with college and with a great team of all of you. So thank you. This has been a presentation from the College of Remote and Offshore Medicine. If you would like to earn CPD credits for this podcast, you can join the Council of Members 
Being a member of the college gives you free CPD credit, free access to our virtual field guide, and discounts on our e-learning courses. You can join the team on our college website at quorum.edu.mt.